Hey, everybody, this is Mike from the PR4 Society, and you're listening to the PR4 Society podcast, the community-focused show that takes a proactive, practical, and principled approach to preparation. Your home might be your fortress, your plan A. It can provide you with shelter and security, storage, convenience, and even comfort. But what if your eggs were all placed into the basket of staying home if or when things got worse, but now all of a sudden you need to leave? Adequate preparation includes being ready for plan B, and that's bugging out. There is so much to cover today. Please stick with me. Please grab some paper, grab a pencil, grab a pen. I have a confession to make. I went through the outline and I recorded the entire episode yesterday. Because we live in this microwave society where people say, well, just if you send a five minute message, they say, what's the 30 second version? If you spend, if you send an hour version, they say, give me the five minute version. Just give me, I want it simple. I want it easy, but you know what? Life's not about to be easy. And so I'm going to re-record this and I hope that you'll stick with me because putting a little bit of effort into this today and some thought and sticking with this will be the determining, the determining factor for your level of sustainability, of sustenance, of comfort and existence. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sticking with this. There's so much to cover. You will want to take notes. So grab the paper, grab the pen or pencil, because this all starts with comprehensive planning. Now, remember, it is best to prepare and not need it because you don't want to be in a situation where you all of the sudden need it and you didn't plan for it. Because instead of hanging with this for 45 minutes or let's just say this goes for one hour, that's somehow too much. But watching four episodes of something on Netflix isn't or driving 30 minutes each way to your favorite restaurant is okay, but an hour round trip for a meal. But an hour on this doesn't make it, doesn't cut it with most people. And I'm begging you to stick with this because things are changing. Things are changing rapidly. Things will change and not for the better. Listen, we might come out on the other side of this without a catastrophe, but we might not. And at a minimum, we are going to struggle like none of us in our lifetimes ever have. The stakes are too high. We need to go through some of these steps. I'll also share with you that I believe that most of you listening will not make it through the entire episode. And most of you listening right now will not take this critical warning seriously. Why? The activities of the day will trump the need to plan for the future. There is a Netflix series to catch up on. There is a nap on the couch that needs to be had today. You do want to make your favorite dinner or, or go hang out with your friends. You do want to run those errands and get caught up on life. And I understand all of those things. And listen, this is not our exclusive focus, but it's never been more important. Not in our lifetimes. Not if you're listening to this. But the fact that these other things will somehow be prioritized over adequate preparation, despite all of the red flags around you, around me, everywhere we look, is concerning. 
multiple, multiple red flags everywhere. Pull up any Twitter feed, pull up any, I don't care if it leans left or right or somewhere in between, or if it's independent media, pull up a news station and look at things and tell me that the world is not full of chaos. This is not to give you fear. What you should fear is not being prepared. What you should fear is complacency because I'm telling you, complacency kills. We all suffer from a certain extent of normalcy bias. I want things to feel normal so things are normal in my own mind. And because if I have to put time, thought, energy, preparation into preparation and maybe even some money, then I'm admitting things might get bad and I can't handle that. You know what you won't be able to handle? The real situation not prepared. It might seem excessive to you. Until you need it, I urge you today to not succumb to complacency. We have been able to live with comfort and complacency for all of our lives, most of us. Not anymore. You can't depend on things being the same tomorrow as they were yesterday because that's just the way it was. And you might think, well, I'm 50 years old. 99.99% of my life, it's been okay to be complacent. Things are changing. You can't do that. Not under these circumstances, not with these warnings, not with these red flags. There is nothing in this for me except to sound the alarm in the hopes that a few extra people might become additionally prepared and put their mindset and focus on something as critical as survival. Avoid unnecessary suffering. Stop being lazy. The stakes could be very high, extremely high. It could be a matter of life and death. So stick with me. Stick with this for yourself, not for me. I talked about in a prior episode when my son was about two years old and he was walking in his diaper towards a a hot stove with a bunch of items that my wife was making for, for dinner And I didn't just sit back and just hope for the best. I got vocal. I got out of my chair. I grabbed him. I did something about it. And I'm trying to do the exact same thing here with you today with this podcast. I hope you'll do the same thing for someone else. I have to tell you, I am passionate today. This is not frustration, but I am passionate because there are so many people that just deer in headlights, just glaze over, glaze over as if to just in their own mind, think, well, if I don't think about it, it's not going to happen. It will happen whether you are prepared or not. And things will happen when it's, it's, they're not going to wait for you to be prepared. I promise you that. Let's jump in. We've talked in the previous episode about bugging in. That's your shelter. That's your security. That's where your supplies are. There are even comforts there. We spent a lot of time breaking that down. I would recommend you going back and listening to that last episode of this podcast. This one, I want to talk about bugging out. And I want to talk about bugging out because, well, your plan A might fall through. It might fall through. I understand our homes are have been, up until this point, very safe, very secure. And the only way that we would have been forced to move would have been either due to financial reasons or maybe social reasons or climate. 
But now we live in an era where the financial situation, if that's the main reason for most people, will likely change and drastically. Not a little bit. The cost of goods sold is going to dramatically increase. President Biden is out there saying there will be shortages. It will be painful. Take him at his word, please. Don't act as if. Don't act as if, though, things are going to be just fine. Other conditions could force you to have to leave. Your fortress. It could be fire. It could be flood. It could be tornado. It could be hurricane. It could be civil unrest. Maybe looting. An increase in violence due to desperation because other people aren't planned. Be planned. What if chemical warfare hits? What if the food shortages that they've been talking about actually hit? Because they're telling us, they're socializing it. Be prepared. This, you think there's not a possibility of kinetic warfare on your soil if you're American? By the way, we have listeners in, in Germany, uh, in Poland, in Russia, Philippines, Canada. There are other countries outside of America who are thinking, why is he shouting right now? We know these things because in America, we are complacent. We have a culture of comfort and we seek comfort and complacency. I want everything to be fine because it always has been. Pretend like it won't be. Just for a few moments, get prepared. Grab that pen, grab that paper because it all starts with you. I can talk to you. I can help you uh, understand the situation, but I can't go through the steps for you. I wish I could. This is my best effort. In fact, in episode one, I talked about why I'm doing this because if I could sit down with each of you individually one-on-one and just say, this is what you need to do. Let's look at your situation. What do you have? What do you need? What don't you have? How do you fill in the gaps? How do you plan? How can you make adjustments? How do you absorb it practically and financially? But I can't do that. I don't have the time and I don't know where you are. But I can do this. I can have a conversation with the microphone. I can send it out and then get it to you. And you can listen and you can send it out to someone. We need to make sure the people around us are prepared because I'm going to guess less than 2 or 3% of Americans are even remotely halfway thinking about being prepared. We've got to get in the game. Do you want to watch your neighbors starve to death? Do you want to watch your mother and father starve to death? your friends, the best man in your or the bridesmaid, your favorite coworkers. I think one of the best things that you can do for anybody in this day and age and this time is to help them be prepared, is to get them to think outside of complacency. Here's the thing. They're complacent. You're complacent about talking about complacency. So nothing's going to happen. We're all going to be in trouble. So we need to give some serious consideration to our plan B, to bugging out. And the first thing that you need to consider is location. In real estate, they say it's all about location, location, location. Bugging out is the exact same way. Listen, you might have thought this through and fortified your house. It is a fortress. It's safe. It's secure. You've got a garden. You've got chickens. You've got goats. You've got canned goods. You have a root cellar. You have generators. You have everything. But the I can't, you can't be promised or guaranteed that you'll be able to stay in that house. So you need a plan B in the event something happens. And it all starts with securing a backup. In your case, it might be primary plan, but you need a location. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be a family farm. It could be extended family. It could be a family cabin. It could be a hunting property. 
but you need to give some thought to a location and ask yourself, if I can't stay here, where can I go? Now you want to think about things like proximity within one full tank of gas in case there's an EMP, in case there's a gas shortage, in case there's civil unrest and you can't stop and you just need to get somewhere, in case there's kinetic war. Don't pretend like nothing is ever going to happen. Don't. You want to consider the proximity. You want to consider the security of not only the location where you'll go, but the route to get there. Also for your plan B, for your bug out location, you want to consider sustainable food. Is there a garden? Is there a way to continue to supplement food sources? through livestock, through dried goods, uh, they're not sustainable, uh, through, uh, but uh, the, the ability to dehydrate uh, things from a garden, fruits, vegetables, meats from livestock. You need a water source, not just packaged water because you could burn through that, but a water source. And if you're going to have a water source, you need a filtration system set up at plan B so you don't get sick. You'll likely need some some sort or form of sustainable energy, whether it's solar or fuel generators that you can use for a couple of hours a day. You might need a source of heat. You might need uh, to keep your body heat up. You might need to cook some things. You might need to boil some water. And based on climate, you might need some other stored items. In, in the event heat goes down and there's not a wood-burning stove, for example, Those are things you need to consider when you're thinking about location. You're going to need some supplies. You will need the basics there. We've talked about it many times before. We'll keep talking about it. You need food. You need water. You need basic medical. By the way, in uh, two episodes, I'm going to do a complete breakdown of a basic medical kit. Uh, So stay tuned. That'll be here uh, in the next week. You would also need heat for the cold in certain climates, many climates, by the way, and light for the dark and security. What if everything you have in your fortress or it's your plan A is all there and you need to go and you're not prepared. So you grab a couple of things and throw them in the trunk of your car and you leave and you forgot security and you don't have your basic medical and they're not at your plan B or your bug out location. So you've got to think through the supplies. What do you have in your fortress and your plan A? What will you need in plan B and your bug out location? And you need to make that checklist. In a moment, I'm going to talk about some of your fortress stuff because you're saying, well, I've got a bunch of stuff. If you can only take one car and you have a Toyota Prius or a Buick LeSabre, you're limited on real estate on your transportation and how much you're going to be able to get from A to B. You've got to be smart about this. You've got to be wise. You've got to be planned, prepared. Now, there might be someone at this location, and of course, you'll need to speak with them and say, in the event something happens, we need a plan B. Can we talk about that? Can we have an arrangement? Can we build a small community? Can we join our family with your family, or can I join you? And if so, one plus one should be able to equal three. You might have skills they don't, and they might have skills that you do not have. 
that will be needed, that will be necessary. You don't both want to focus on all the food and then all of a sudden there's no water, there's no basic medical, there's no anything else. Working together can be very beneficial. So when you pick a location, you have to have a conversation with somebody unless you happen to own the property. But this is where the many benefits of community are able to kick in, plan together, collaborate, calculate what you're going to need, what you have, what you don't have, what you need to get, and coordinate. In the previous episodes, I've talked about things that you will need to get through a long period of time, whether it's long or short. So revisit those on the supplies that you think you might need in your bug out location. But then there's the next consideration, which is if I'm at work, if I'm at my plan A or my fortress and something happens, I have to get to my plan B. I have to get to my bug out location. How will you get there? Well, you're going to need a vehicle and you're going to hope it works. It should work under most uh, consideration or most circumstances, but may not in the event of an EMP. I don't think that the probability is high, but at this point, I wouldn't rule anything out. You're going to want more than one route. You're not going to want to depend on the fact that your GPS is just going to work and give you the best route. Or if it does, maybe it's not showing you that there are, uh, is civil unrest, there's a breakdown, uh, and it's bad. And, there, and you look and there's a mob of 200 people holding guns and ski masks in the road ahead of you. And you might be thinking, my goodness, where do you get these ideas? Our role is to plan for the worst and hope and continue to pray for the absolute best. I don't want to be dependent on one route and know how to get there one particular way and not be able to get there and then have to go out of my way when there's no gas available. Just be planned. Be thoughtful. Be methodical. Act like your life depends on it because it might. I would have three routes ready to go. And if GPS doesn't, uh, if it's going to fail, now is a really great time for you to have those three routes and to print those maps out and put one copy in your uh, glove compartment and maybe another copy in your center console in case you spill coffee on it. Redundancy is a good thing when it comes time to life and death or existence or sustenance. You know, two is one and one is none. Obviously, you're going to need a vehicle, a reliable vehicle. You're going to, hopefully, you're not going to jump in there and there's going to be an eighth of a tank of gas and you have to drive 120 miles to get to your destination. Keep your gas up, fueled up. And at these prices, I would not let it go below half a tank personally. That's the rule that I abide by in my vehicles. You might even want to make a plan where if you uh, are living with a significant other, or you have children of driving age, maybe your plan becomes to take two vehicles and you follow each other closely. There are advantages to this. Number one, you have a backup vehicle in case one breaks down that day or six months or six days or six weeks down the road. You're also able to, uh, to store and transport more goods, more uh, items that you will need. 
So you need to think about how you're going to get there. And is that a one-car plan? Is that a two-vehicle plan? Who's going to drive? Make sure that you have the gas. And I would even have some backup gas. I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, about what you will want in your vehicle in just a moment. But before I move on to that, if you need new tires in the next couple of months, get them now. If your battery is nearing the end of its stability and reliability, it's a five-year battery and you're approaching five years or if you're at four years, replace it. Replace it now. Get your vehicle up to date, current, running, and optimized while you can, while parts are available, and hear me out on this, while prices are still reasonable. Oil shortages are going to continue to drive up the cost of transportation. That will increase the cost of absolutely everything. Demand will increase the cost of everything. Not to mention, the whole world is seemingly at odds with each other, and we manufacture very little in in the United States of America. Google it. Look it up. Search it. How much stuff do we actually make here? You'd be surprised. In fact, don't even search it. Just go look around your house and, and, and look at the made-in stamps. For your light bulbs. For the filters on your water filter system under your sink that you spent 500 bucks for. How are you going to filter that water when it comes in? I'm telling you, we're dependent on everybody but ourselves. That's why this podcast is here. That's why I started it. That's why I'm so passionate today. I'm trying to open up some eyes and ears and minds because we are oblivious, lived in this vacuum of security and stability and freedom and accessibility. I, I, I live in the sticks. And I ordered an item yesterday at about five o'clock in the afternoon. And my doorbell rang at seven and Amazon dropped it off on my front steps. I couldn't believe it. That supply chain will be very disrupted by fuel prices, by shortages, by countries at odds with each other that will continue to sanction each other and it will limit and restrict the items that we have available. And what will that do? At at best, it will significantly increase the costs. At worst, They won't be available to us. And we don't have people making this stuff right here in the United States of America. So get the things for your vehicle because it will be your main transportation. It is what will get you from your your main home to your bug out location safely and securely. If you can't get there, there's a whole nother set of circumstances you have to deal with. Now let's discuss your vehicle or vehicles as this transport tool. You can and should always keep a vehicle kit in your trunk or your back seat, wherever it will be secure. Trunk is more secure. Here's a breakdown of my kit. Grab that pen, grab that pencil, grab that paper. I want to go through the basics, but the essentials of what you will need. And in some cases, I will give you a brief explanation as to why you want it. Again, I recorded this yesterday and it was more brief because I didn't want to 
uh, go over a certain amount of time, but I don't want to omit things that will be a game changer for you because we're just going to have to suck up the need and the want for everything to be microwaved and quick and easy and convenient and the normalcy bias. And we're going to have to dig in and we're going to have to take care of ourselves. And that means starting now to get things while you can. In my kit, I have a tire repair. Now I'm not old. I'm healthy. I can change a tire. You need a way to be able to repair a flat tire. That is one of the first things that will possibly become an issue. If you can't change a tire, you've got you know, a bad shoulder, a bad back, a bad neck, a bad heart, and you don't want to be jacking up a car and standing out there and fixing it, at a minimum, get fix a flat. Uh, go to your favorite retail store, order it on Amazon today. I'm not crazy about Amazon, but I'm getting stuff quickly and I'm getting stuff while I can and before prices go up. Make sure you can repair a tire. Uh, there are also portable kits that can uh, that are battery powered that can fill uh, a tire. Uh, if it, there's a hole in it, that's not going to help, obviously, but it can, uh, a tire that's low on air, that you can get them on Amazon for about 30 bucks and they'll be delivered uh, probably in a day, maybe two at the most, but you need the ability to repair a tire. In case your battery begins to fail on you or just fails on you completely, you will want a decent set of jumper cables. Don't be tempted to get the 999 ones from China that um, that are going to get there and going to be inexpensive and aren't going to have the ability to get the power that you need for your particular vehicle. Just spend a couple extra bucks and get a good one, a quality one, because listen, act as if though a, a battery charge or a jump might be a, a, an important thing for you so that you don't get stuck somewhere because that might be the case. I hope it's not, but it might be. You're going to also want some emergency candles and something to light them. Matches, lighters, or a ferrule rod. Look look ferrule rods up. I like those. Uh, if I'm going to get matches, by the way, I'm going to get windproof or stormproof ones uh, or strike anywhere matches. I need them to not fail if I need them. Why do I need these? I might need a small source of heat. I might need some light. Um, and uh, th those are some of the things to consider. There are nine-hour candles, for example, that are very inexpensive. Um, you can buy whatever candle uh, that you want, but I, in my Vehicle kits, I have emergency candles, matches, lighters, and ferro rods. How's that for redundancy? I want to make sure that if I have to cook food, if I have to boil water, if I have to stay warm, if I need to see something, that I'm able to do that. A couple of candles and some matches are going to cost me a very small amount of money, and they're going to fit in a box, and it's going to take a very little real estate. I'm also going to need an emergency food supply, and I don't plan on living out of my car for weeks or months. By the way, we'll talk momentarily about you will most likely be transporting some food and goods, but I'm talking about things I keep in my car every single day, and this will help you in a bug out situation. I keep a couple uh, a, a couple of packets of electrolytes. You don't want to go low on electrolytes if it's really hot and you're sweating and you're having to move and you have to change a tire or if you have to actually leave the vehicle. More on that in a moment. Um, you're going to want some electrolytes. The packets are inexpensive. They're small. They're light. They don't take up anything. I have individual packets of coffee, instant coffee. If I need caffeine, if I need a boost, if I need to walk somewhere, if I need to get somewhere and I need some uh, a little extra something, that caffeine, that little bit of caffeine is actually going to help give me a boost. Um, and then from there, um, I do have some actual food. I've got a couple of protein bars, 
Uh, I've got a couple of, you know, mixed bars that have some carbohydrates in them uh, as well and kind of some snack mix, if you will. Again, I want a, a good source of some carbs to help get me through uh, a little bit more activity than I maybe would need on a normal day because this would not be a normal day. I also want light, so I'm not going to depend completely on uh, emergency candles for light, so I would need a flashlight. And then, of course, I'm going to have a flashlight. I want fresh batteries in the flashlight, and I want backup batteries for the flashlight as well in the event. Uh, because when the, when the light is sitting in your car and it gets hot and then it gets cold, then it gets hot and then it gets cold, it actually reduces the, the life of the batteries, and so you want to take that into consideration. There's another form of light that I think is important to have in your vehicle kits for bugging out, which is emergency stick lights or chem lights. Uh, you can also use flares. You can get those also online very inexpensively. You can get a 10-pack, a 12-pack, a 20-pack. Um, I put like four in each vehicle, and I actually have a couple in a backpack too, and more on that in just a moment because I can use them for other things to mark locations, to bring attention to me. But... In an emergency vehicle situation, I at least want a handful of these. I would have at least four, probably six if you can. Get a 12-pack, put six in each car, and you're going to be just fine. You get one 12-pack if you have two cars, uh, you're going to break that up. Uh, climate considerations. If you're in an area where it can get cold, you don't want to be stuck somewhere and all of a sudden be miserable because it's getting so cold. A lot of bad things can happen if your body heat goes down and you can't maintain it. So you want to consider things like hand and foot warmers, uh, like wool blankets. They take up very little real estate and they uh, are a good heat source. They're also inexpensive. Uh, emergency blankets. You can put those in the back pocket of your jeans. I love emergency blankets because they're inexpensive. They're low profile. They're light. They actually keep 90% of your body heat in. Um, they, uh, they're, they're, they're water resistant. They're windproof. And they're very inexpensive. You can get a four-pack for you know $15 and keep them all over the place. You hope you never need it, but that is a wise investment in the event that you do. Uh, again, in the event that it is a cold climate, you want to consider things like gloves, hats, and just extra layers in general. You got to stay dry too. You got to stay dry in a cold situation. Uh, it's, you don't want to be cold and damp. So um, I keep an extra, well, a couple of towels in my vehicles, in my vehicle kit as well. They, by the way, they come in handy when a wet dog jumps in or if I go through a car wash and the dryer is broken, I just jump out and use it and wash it and throw it back in there again. But towels are a really good thing to have in your kit. Speaking of, um, you know, moisture, um, rain protection. Uh, you ha rain jackets with a hood, um, but you're probably going to want more coverage than that. So a poncho, you can get it ponchos very inexpensively online for a few dollars. Uh, it's not a bad thing to have, uh, even in just a daily situation. If you have to park at the back of the Walmart parking lot and you're going in and it's downpouring and you don't have an umbrella, throw that poncho on. You'll thank me later. I actually don't have a poncho in any of my vehicles. There's a confession, but I do have some rain protection. I instead purchased a box of contractor bags, heavy duty, like the black looking trash bags. And I actually uh, bought a box of those because they're very heavy duty. You can use them for shelter. You can use them for coverage. You can fill, if you have to sleep on the ground, you can fill leaves and stuff or put some clothes in there and, and use it to cushion yourself from an uneven or, or hard surface or if it's cold, some insulation. I'm not kidding. 
But on a contractor bag, you can cut a small hole in the middle of the bottom. You can flip it over, put it over your head, and you've got a, a poncho. Okay, so I love those contractor bags. That's what I have, and uh, they, they're multiple use, so I keep a bunch of them. You're going to want to stay in some uh, communication and be able to send and, if nothing else, be able to receive information. You're probably going to have your cell phone with you. So make sure you have a charging cable with you and make sure that you have a power bank or um, a battery backup. Uh, again, very inexpensive. You can get them online. Keep it fully charged. Make sure you check it about once a month. Keep that charge full in the event that you're going to need it. Uh, and that way, again, you can hopefully send and receive information. Now, while you're in this, um, you know, you hope that everything is smooth sailing. You can get from point A to point B with no issues. But again, let's not count on that. Let's plan for the worst and hope and pray for the best. So you're going to need some sort, some form of security. Um, you know, that can be non-lethal. It can be pepper spray. It can be bear spray. Um, I actually keep pepper spray, a large can, um, in my, all of my vehicles, uh, in the event that, uh, and this happened to me in Minneapolis during the civil unrest following George Floyd. Um, I actually, um, before dark, even I was working and I had to leave downtown and a small crowd. When I say small crowd, I'm talking 30 to 50 people, um, started to, uh, come towards a whole bunch of us sitting in downtown Minneapolis in our vehicles when they were going to surround us. Well, my first option, of course, is to get out. My second option, because was the case, I had vehicles beside me, in front of me, and behind me. I couldn't do anything, and there was a stoplight. I can't go over the top of the vehicles in front of me, um, so I just opened up the little center console, and I grabbed my very large can of pepper spray and was ready to make sure people didn't get too close to my vehicle. I do have a backup plan, though. I have legally obtained um, firearms, and I legally carry them, and that is an absolute uh, last choice, but that is a consideration for security in your vehicle. It needs to be legally obtained and legally carried. And if the firearm is an option for security and it is your right, you want to keep extra full magazines and extra loose ammunition in addition to that and hope and pray you never need it. I would also encourage you to make sure that if you decide that a firearm is one of your options for and last option and resort for safety and security, that you also have a light for your firearm because most of the bad things don't happen during the day, although they do. Have a dedicated uh, weapon light uh, for your firearm, no matter what that is, what kind of firearm that is. Have a dedicated light. Make sure the batteries are fresh, they're charged if it's rechargeable, or you have backup batteries. And then lastly, if you get stuck for more than you want to, um, I actually keep a sleeping bag in my vehicles uh, as well. So that's a pretty basic kit. Now, you might have some other items that you would need for you, uh, dependent on your situation. But that is a the, those are uh, kind of the essentials of a bug out kit for your vehicle to make sure that you can get from A to B safe, sound, and securely. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, more about that vehicle will hopefully get you there. But again, we are all about being prepared, being proactive, proactively thinking about plan A, B, C, and D. What if those plans fail and I have to go with a different path? What if that vehicle is stopped? What if I do get a flat tire and, and can't change it? It's beyond a fix a flat. What if the battery dies? What if the alternator dies? What if the roads 
got, you know, got a tree or something across and I can't get anywhere. I want you to think about these other bug out items. And I will tell you up front that you're going to have most of these sitting around your house. It's time to organize them. It's time to pull them together, put them into commission and stage them. Have them ready. Remember, the objective here is to get you safely and successfully to your plan B and and to reinforce your preps and your stockpiles. Now, it is possible that your vehicle won't get you there, as I mentioned. Is it highly probable? Maybe not, but it's certainly plausible. So we need to think about the what ifs. We've got to avoid this nonsense of normalcy bias. And ultimately, you need to be adequately prepared. If your vehicle is not an option and it is taken away, here's what you need to consider. Proximity or distance to your plan B. If it's five miles, you can walk it. That's not a big deal. Most of us. If it's 200 miles or 300 miles to a warmer climate and something happens to your car, that's a different situation. No matter what it is, and you have to get out of your car, you have to make that decision because it's not going to get you any further. This would call for a bug out bag. So in addition to the, some of these will be redundant you would have in your vehicle. Some of them you, you could grab from your vehicle kit and put into your bug out bag. And some of them should just be dedicated to a bug out bag. You need to keep moving in that particular situation and get to your plan B and get to your uh, safe location. If you can't get to that, you still need to get off the road and get somewhere and you will need some basic essential supplies. Now, let me pause there. You might be thinking this is overwhelming. It, it shouldn't be. Please don't have an emotional response or emotional reaction. You see, overwhelmed is an emotional response. Also, don't ignore it. The two responses that I see the most are um, anxiety, fear, stress, or just this is ridiculous. I'm never going to have to do this. This is a waste of time, energy, and money. It is until you need it. I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it today. In this bug out bag, you're going to want to first start, obviously, with the bag. I'd recommend a backpack so you can throw it if your back is good, um, so that you can load up some items, nothing too heavy, nothing too crazy, uh, and you're not going to want to shoulder a duffel bag and switch. If you have to go more than a very short distance, you'll be miserable. Uh, you probably have a backpack sit sitting around. So grab that backpack because you're going to want to put some of the highest priority items in there. So let's go through and build this backpack with your checklist. Write these things down. First, who knows what shoes you're going to have on? If you're going to be walking, you're going to want to be walking in comfort. You're not going to want a bunch of blisters. You're not going to be want to slip and slide with Italian leather uh, bottoms of your dress shoes because you were just coming back from the office. First thing I would throw at the bottom of that bag, because it's one of the things you don't need the quickest access to, is a good pair of walking shoes with an extra pair of socks. Take the walking shoes, put, put one sock in each walking shoe, because we're trying to minimize real estate here, and you're going to be good to go. And if you do have to walk, you can just change those, and you're going to be fine. You're also going to need weather-appropriate clothing. We talked about this before, but in this backpack, you don't want to leave them in your car, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's 50 degrees when you start off, but at night it gets down to 23. You're going to want layers, potentially. If it's heat is an issue, you're going to want some of those electrolytes. You're going to be sweating a lot. 
You're going to want shorts. You're going to want a t-shirt. You're going to want a baseball cap, maybe with a visor, sunglasses. If it is hot, you're going to want some hydration for the trip. A water bladder is very inexpensive and, and it's something that you can uh, put uh, inside your backpack with a little straw that sticks out. Um, those take up their, they, they, they lie pretty flat. They take up a lot of, uh, excuse me, very little real estate and you can get just as much or more water than you can in a water bottle. If you don't have a water bladder and you want a water bottle and you already have one and you don't want to spend the 15 bucks, go for it. Just make sure that you've planned in that backpack for hydration in case you have to walk more than a very short distance. In that walk, you might have to walk through the dark, through terrain or territory or through neighborhoods that you don't know. You don't know if you're walking up to a fence or up to a pit bull chained uh, up to the to the to the front steps. You don't know if you're gonna uh, about ready to walk into a drop off into a creek. So you're gonna want light for the dark. So it comes back to that flashlight. It comes back to fully charged or fresh batteries and a backup battery. Pack a bright flashlight. Make sure that you can see. I also carry a multi-tool. There are many scenarios that could um, call for uh, a multi-tool, right? That's why it's a multi-tool. There, there is a knife on there. There is a screwdriver on there. There is a plier. Um, there are a number of different things. If you have to do basic maintenance on something, if you have to you know, get a lock off of something, if you have to cut something open, um, there are a lot of different ways. Uh, and I, what I love about these is they are, again, very small, very compact, very late, uh, lightweight, and just take up very little real estate in the bag. That might go in my backpack and I might not ever need it, but in the event that I need it, I'm going to be really, really, really glad that it's there. We talked about security in the vehicle. You want to make sure this makes your backpack. Now, some of us have everyday carry items. My, uh, you know, the next podcast will be on everyday carry items. There will be some redundancy here. Not everybody carries an EDC or everyday carry kit. Uh, with them or everyday carry is usually not in the form of a kit. It's on your person or on your body. Um, I'll go through that again in the next episode and then I'll break down the um, first aid kits in the episode after that. Um, but security in this backpack, it might be there. If you don't carry it every day, it might be in your vehicle. You need to make sure that you grab it. Uh, if you know, if you don't uh, consider security, everything else is completely at risk. And you want to pack your security in a location in this bug out bag, this backpack, in a location that's easy to access in a short amount of time and under duress. You might not have a three minute warning, it might be two seconds. Make sure that you know where that is, and make sure it's easily accessible. You're also going to need some calories. So the food bars, that were in your vehicle kit. If they're not in your bug out bag, grab a couple. Um, what I do, by the way, in my vehicle kits and in my bug out bag, I have redundancies. I have a, a, a small Ziploc bag full of uh, food, caffeine, instant uh, coffee packets and electrolytes, uh, food bars mostly. Um, and I have one in each, in, in each. One in my bug out bag, one in my um, vehicle kit. Um, and... If, if I have to go I and if I have the real estate and it's not going to be a bunch of weight, I'll go through my vehicle kit and grab a couple of things that I need to have a couple of extra calories, food bars. Also, the emergency blankets. I talked about those. Those are really easy to, to fit in my backpack. Um, um, again, lightweight, very beneficial, very inexpensive. 
um, to maintain body heat and and the fact that they're windproof and waterproof. So um, in fact, uh, I put two in. I'm I'm I put two of a lot of things in, as you can probably tell from this. I'm not planning on the fact that I'm going to be alone when something happens. I'm going to plan that there's going to be at least one other person with me. And I'm also going to plan on the fact that they aren't planned. So I'm going to have two sets of hand warmers, two sets of foot warmers, two emergency blankets, enough instant coffee and electrolytes and food bars for an extra person. Because I'm telling you, and I'm being facetious, but about 12 out of every 10 people that are in my world are not prepared. I'm doing my part right now to sound the alarm to help people get prepared, but a lot of them won't be. These are lightweight, small items that I can grab with me and help somebody through. How about wet wipes? You might not have the luxury and the comfort of a hotel restroom at a four or five star resort. Your restroom location might be a bush. Wet wipes have a lot of applications. You can clean your hands. In fact, for that, I would also have a couple of individually packed or wrapped sanitation wipes uh, for a number of different reasons. One of the things that I really, really love, I came across a couple of years ago and started carrying with me everywhere in my EDC packs and bug out bags is uh, coin towels. Coin, C-O-I-N. Look them up. Buy them online. You can get like 500 for, I don't know, not that much money. And they are compressed. They're about the size of a dime, but the thickness, uh, probably a nickel, about the thickness of five nickels together. And you add a couple of drops of water and they are very thick, very durable towels that you can uh, use to clean yourself, clean items, clean uh, a surface to make food. Um, you can actually uh, use them for um, in a in a pinch. Uh, obviously sanitized gauze or things like that would be much better. Um, but in a pinch, you could use these, um, to, to dress a wound. You can, they're large enough. You could even tie them and, and have a not super effective, but better than nothing tourniquet. I also carry tourniquets with me everywhere I go. I love those coin towels. So I would absolutely consider those. I would also have a small notebook with pens and pencils or pencils and some post-it notes you're, you might want to leave somebody a note. Hey, I was here or I'm going here. Meet me there. Meet me here at such and such time. You might need to mark a path or mark a location for directions. You might need to jot notes down along the way. If the post-it notes are bright orange, you can bring attention to yourself. You can leave a note on a vehicle. And again, a small notebook does not take up much real estate. By the way, Here's another small tip. If you have to start a fire for warmth, for heat, to, to get someone's attention, you can rip a couple of pages of that dry notebook out, and that's going to help. So speaking of fire, you're going to want a fire kit. Um, windproof and st or stormproof strike anywhere matches, lighters, or a ferrule rod. We talked about this in the vehicle kit, but you're going to want these in your bag in case your trip takes a little bit longer than you had hoped or planned for or anticipated uh, you might need some, uh, you know, warmth. You might need to cook some food. You might need to boil some water. So you can grab the uh, the this, the thing that's going to ignite the fire, right? Whether that's the the matches, lighters, or a ferro rod, and you can add an agent uh, like cotton swabs uh, dipped in Vaseline is the least expensive thing, and just put them in a small Ziploc bag, um, or just do a search and pick up some fire starters. Just 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 search fire starters, um, and there are a whole bunch out there, um, and um, that's fine. I just I actually just take cotton swabs and um, dip them in Vaseline, 
and then uh, put them, like I said, in Ziploc bags. It lasts almost forever. Um, we talked about this uh, a little bit uh, in the vehicle kit, but in the event that you have to walk somewhere on foot, you still don't know the geography um, or there are different routes, take those additional routes. Remember I said to have two copies, put one in the glove compartment in your car, put the other one in your bug out bag and be able to have some, um, be able, be able to know the geography with some printed maps in the event that there's no GPS or electronics available. Now, that being said, um, I actually have a small atlas in my backpack as well. It's not super small uh, because it covers the state that I live in. Um, but in the event that I have to reroute and go somewhere and knowing that directions uh, are not my thing, um, I decided that I wanted to take up some real estate in my bug out bag to make sure that I could, because uh, although I'm not great at directions, I can read a map well. Um, in case it does work in the GPS and, you know, the communication incoming and outgoing from your phone and news and information. Um, the other thing I have in my bug out bag is just a battery or power bank uh, for my cell phone with a charging cable. Again, I like redundancy, so I actually have to in case one fails. That is not the time for me to not... <laughs> To not have access to information if it's available. I have a I have a cell phone in one hand, I have a power bank in the other, but the cable just went bad. It got kinked on the end or whatever. So they're so inexpensive. I can get them actually at a gas station for three, four dollars. And so I just make sure that I have two in my bag. Again, lightweight, doesn't take up much real estate. Now you might have other items or needs personal to your situation that you need to consider and put in this checklist as you prepare your bug out bag and your vehicle kit, do it today. Um, if you, you or a family member has asthma, don't forget the inhaler, uh, female hygiene stuff would probably be a consideration for a bug out bag and a vehicle kit. Um, if someone, if you or someone is diabetic, you're going to want to have some extra diabetic needles, um, and make sure that you've got some insulin as you grab and go. If you're frequently have migraines, grab whatever you need to help mitigate that. You don't want to have to travel under duress with the migraine when the sun is bright. Um, and you're just going to need to be able to efficient as efficiently and effectively as possible, get from point A to point B. So consider your individual and specific needs. Everybody will have them. Yours will be unique. Make sure that you think them through, uh, plan them, document them and get them into your kits. Now, speaking of planning, the most important thing that you can do today is to take this summary Create a checklist and plan your strategy. Plan where you're going to go. Have the conversation with the person uh, that maybe has a different property that you can talk about. Plan what they have. Coordinate. Collaborate. What do they have? What don't they have? What skills do they have that you don't and vice versa? How can you help each other? How will you get there? How will you map these things out? What will you need in your vehicle? Create your checklist, though. Go through this. Create your checklist and say in a three things that you would need to create today. Number one, where am I going to go if I can't stay here? You have to have that backup plan. It's not a want. It's an absolute essential. I hope you never need it, but you're going to have to plan for it. That's number one. After you've established where you can go from there, you're going to have to determine your vehicle situation and how you're going to get there. What's going to be in your vehicle to get you there? to make sure that you get there safely and you get there soundly. The third thing is, is you have to plan for what if that vehicle has a failure or a breakdown, or I can't get there with this vehicle for some reason, I have to go by foot and I have to bug out what's going to go in this backpack and where am I going to go on foot? That might be your plan C, unless it's close by. You live in a small enough community where your plan B 
is to go three miles. You can walk that, most of you. But you need the plan and you need the checklist for those three things. You need to get them figured out sooner than later. Today is the perfect day. How about do that and reward yourself with the Netflix and going out for dinner? I think that sounds like a great idea. Now, once you've done these things, you need to organize your items. You need to organize the items for your car. You need to organize items because, again, your vehicle It could be great for transportation. If you have two vehicles and two drivers, that's even better. So you want to organize and stage your items that if you have to leave your fortress, you've got the bins there loaded, ready to go close in proximity to the vehicles so that you can load up those one or two vehicles with as much stuff as possible. Organize the items for the backpack, for the vehicles, get them organized, get them staged. It's imperative that you do this and then communicate your strategy with your plan B person, with your family. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take this vehicle. I'm going to drive this one. You're going to drive this one. We're going to load these things. Here's where they are in case I'm not home. And then you need to test test your strategy. It's imperative that you test your strategy because I promise you this, you're going to go through and you're going to stage items and you're going to organize them, and you're going to determine maybe this is a better location to put these things. But also you're going to determine this is what I can fit, this is what I can't. And if you can fit more, that's even better. If you, if there's a bunch of stuff you want and you have to take it away, do it now and have a plan and say, I've already planned for this. I know exactly what fits in my vehicle. I know how to maximize the space. I know, I know how to get as many items as possible in there. And if I have to get rid of something, think about it now instead of under a time crunch and under duress. Test your strategy. Once you test it, I promise you, you're going to have to adjust your strategy. You can add more items. You can take more items away. You can stage them closer. You can determine the backpack is too heavy. You can determine that it's light and there's a little more room and that you need something else in there or want something else in there. Consider those things. Mostly consider this though. Bugging in might be a great plan A for you, but that could change and All of your preparations could become completely irrelevant. If you're forced out and you haven't planned or prepared for plan B, could be a disaster or worse. So make the lists, plural, take the steps today, not tomorrow, today. We've discussed bugging in and now today we've discussed bugging out in the next episode We'll cover how to navigate the in-between because calamity doesn't strike when it's easier or convenient for us. It's not considering us and our wants and our needs. We might be at work. You might be out visiting family. You might be running errands just somewhere away or in between your plan A and your plan B. And the question becomes, how do you prepare for that situation? We will cover that in the next episode if you're out and about. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor, but help someone you know and care about by sharing this podcast with them. Encourage them to prioritize being prepared. Float it up to the front of their mind, the top of their list of things to do. This might be the most thoughtful thing you can do for them. Imagine a scenario where your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, anyone that you care about is not prepared and struggling, even suffering because they weren't prepared. 
and it could have been prevented or at least diminished had you spoken up and encouraged them to get in the game. So get out there, be proactive, be proactive for you, be proactive for the people that you care about, help them be prepared, be more prepared yourself. Be practical about it. You don't have to build a literal fortress. We don't have to buy, uh, you know, pool our money together and buy a thousand acres. And none of that has to be done. You can be practical about this. Just take steps every day to get a little bit more prepared, just a few minutes and, and maybe even no money. Most importantly, continue to be principled. Part of that being principled is, would you take care of yourself and then take care of those around you at the same time? That's what part of being principled is. Thanks for listening.